Just before the message uh, this morning, we have special music, Laura and Leah. They are getting in place. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
our Heavenly Father. We want to certainly do that. So, Chris, what were some things in common with uh, trusting obey and in the garden? Walking with the Lord. Uh, you want to walk with the Lord? And that's what we're talking about today. If you take your Bibles and turn with me to Genesis chapter 5. Born in 1794, his name would soon become a household name. And his passion would become his highest calling. He only lived 57 years, but his legacy is known all around this country and others. His calling was to be a pastor, but his passion had to do with foods made from ground wheat flour. Although Sylvester Graham was a pastor, his ministry bare little fruit. However, his passion for ground wheat flour lives on and can still be bought today in the form of a cracker the Graham Cracker. Sylvester Graham's legacy was a cracker. Probably a lot of money to go along with it, but a cracker. Before you judge him too quickly, ask yourself this question. What is your passion? What do you feel very strongly about? What will you be remembered for for uh, caring so strongly about? Is it baseball, football, honey? Is it work-related? What is it that you care strongly about, so strongly about, if people were to stand up and talk about you today, they would have to say, he was all about this. Gave himself fully to it. Webster defines legacy as something that's handed down uh, from an ancestor. It could be possessions, property, uh, about anything, really. But uh, significant legacies in our lives have nothing to do with possessions. They have all to do with the name, with character, and with reputation. Proverbs 22 and verse 1 says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. And yet you'll have some people, maybe a little immature, maybe uh, not very uh, thoughtful about the hereafter, just thinking about the right now, that would argue with that and say, You know, but uh, I... I would kind of like to have the money and the riches. I'd like to have the wealth. Somebody even argue and say, well, yeah, I've got it figured out. I'll take both. I'm convinced that God doesn't give some of us wealth because we don't know how to handle it. It would ruin our lives. And so we've seen that happen with many people. Uh, one of my favorite basketball players when I was in high school name was David Thompson, played for North Carolina State, uh, Sports Illustrated, with a championship game, had a picture on the front cover of David Thompson doing a jump ball 
with a seven-footer from UCLA. Both of them were right up the tip. He had a 44-inch vertical jump. He could get his feet 44 inches off the ground. He could put a jump up and put a quarter on top of the basketball uh, backboard. That guy had this guy. That was before the days of dunking was allowed. And so they, he perfected the alley-oop and just ran down and they would throw it up and he would get up in the air above everybody else and just grab it and, and drop it in. Tremendous player until he got into pros. Got into money. Got into drugs. Never heard about him after that. Tremendous player. Well, ruined his life. You know, wealth is not all of what it's built up to be sometimes. And character, a good name, reputation for good things is far better and far more beneficial of affecting other people properly than what wealth may possibly be. Dr. Stephen Davey wrote this. He says, no son of God will ever grow up to say, my dad was the greatest because he was rich. Or say, my father was a wonderful man because he owned three companies and had 1,000 employees. You'll never hear a kid say that my dad was a wonderful man because of the way he always brought home a paycheck and we never once missed a meal. You know, it's possible for children to grow up and have everything that they need and never miss a meal and still be starving for the good things of life, the needful things of life, the things that really matter. We need to be dads that are trying to pass on something to their children that will be far better than temporary things. And I hope that you catch that with us today. Dad, what kind of a legacy will you leave behind? Will it be something like a cracker or will it be character? I want us to consider a good example that we find here in Genesis chapter 5 of a man named Enoch. I've entitled the message the Enoch example because Enoch walked with God. Father, I pray that as we look into your word right now, that you would help me to be able to share very clearly the things that you've laid upon my heart. Thank you, Lord, that will help us as dads, not just with children that are living in our home, but even us granddads as we have our children still watching us, still looking and following us as they're trying to lead their children. And I pray that through it all that you would help us see the dads that we should be. While none of us are perfect, Lord, we admit that. I pray that we would be pursuing the examples, the good examples that you lead for us to follow. In Jesus' name I ask it all. Amen. Here in uh, Genesis chapter 5, as we look at Enoch, we'll see a father who left behind a legacy that was much more than a cracker. He left behind a character. He left behind a testimony. We'll begin reading. Matter of fact, before we begin reading, I want to tell you this little tidbit of truth. After Genesis chapter 3 with uh, Adam and Eve and, and you have in, in uh, chapter 4 the genealogy that begins there with Cain and Abel. You remember Cain slew Abel? Uh, and it was a curse proposed by God. And it goes on to the line, the lineage there of Cain 
uh, and, and his kids, the, the seventh from Adam in that list going through Cain in chapter 4 is a man named Lamech in verse 23 who brags to his wives that, you know, Cain killed uh, Abel there, but I killed two. I'm double as bad as he was. He's bragging about how bad he is. Look at that in comparison where we get to chapter 5 and uh, Adam and Eve had another son uh, named Seth, and this particular runs the line of Seth, the godly line. As you come from Seth, from Adam to Seth, you have Enoch. What a different example we see from the one who's bragging about things he ought to be embarrassed and shameful of to one that has a testimony that he walked with God and pleased God. So we begin reading in verse 21, where he says, And Enoch lived sixty and five years and begot uh, Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begot Methuselah three hundred years and begot sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were three hundred sixty and five years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. <clears throat> now, and a quick reading of that, there should be a couple things that stand out. One, we're not going to spend a lot of time on the fact that God took him. Uh, that's pretty neat because uh, we only have two people in Scripture that's spoken of that God took them. Uh, what's the other one? Elijah the prophet went up in the whirlwind there. <clears throat> and we also have Enoch that God took him. It's wrapped with him up one day. We may have experienced that if we're alive in the name when the Lord Jesus Christ is back in the air. But we have here this particular thing. But the other thing that should stand out is a double mention of the fact that Enoch walked with God. Twice it says that he walked with God. And that emphasizes that particular truth with us. Walking with God represents several things. Number one, it represents having fellowship with God. We're walking in fellowship with God. Continuing with Him uh, in communion with Him. That's communion means uh, speaking to Him and Him speaking to us. How do we speak to God today? Through prayer. How does God speak to us today? Through His Word. And so when we spend time in communion and fellowship with the Lord today, uh, we are speaking to Him in prayer and He's speaking to us through His Word. He communicates to us as walking, part of walking with God, having fellowship with us. Let me ask you another very simple question. Uh, what separates us from that fellowship? When we allow sin in our life, uh, the Scriptures tell us if we have sin and iniquity in our life, the Lord will not hear us. He will no longer listen to the answer our prayers. And so as believers, as Christians, genuinely saved, we have a responsibility uh, and opportunity to walk with the Lord in communion with Him in prayer and reading of the Scriptures. And it's when sin gets into our life that it robs us of the joy of the a desire to get in God's Word and to speak to God. It breaks our fellowship. That's why there's so many Christians uh, today. I don't know about so many, but there are Christians today that don't really have a desire to read God's Word. They don't have a desire to really spend any time in prayer because sin has separated them and their fellowship. So we are to walk with God. We're to have fellowship with Him and we're not to allow that the sin to separate. But even though, and we're not going to get to the point where we never sin, as long as we're in this body of flesh, that's going to be something that we've got to deal with. 
But we ought to ask, Lord, when I sin, if I sin, when I sin, please bring it to my attention that I may deal with it very quickly. And the way we deal with sin is we repent from it, we turn from it, say, honestly, I don't want to do that anymore. We confess it, we say the same thing about that sin as what God says. We name it specifically before Him and ask His forgiveness. He is faithful and just then to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so God will do that if we will keep our sin list short and very quickly uh, respond and we'll be brought back into that fellowship. So first of all, walking with God is walking in fellowship with Him. Secondly, if you flip over uh, quite a few pages there to the right into the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 11, we have what we call the Hall of Faith uh, there, not fame. Uh, it is fame in the sense that these people are well known. Uh, people that walk with God in, in, uh, in faith, follow Him by faith. We have Enoch listed here in verse 5 where it says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now we have here a couple of things. Number one, it says, By faith Enoch. He walked with God by faith. The testimony he had that he pleased God came because he was walking with God by faith. He followed God by faith. What does that, what does that mean? Well, we are to have faith in God. Uh, let me explain a little bit about it. John 3.16, you know the verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus, that whosoever believeth in Him, we'll come back to that, whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, should not die and go to hell, but have everlasting life with God in heaven is talking about. Now, whosoever believeth in Him, have faith in God. What does it mean to have faith in God? Well, it does not mean just believing that there is a God. It doesn't mean just believing intellectually that Jesus Christ lived on this earth back in the day. It doesn't mean that you consent and agree that one day, I believe he died on Calvary, was buried, and rose again the third day. That's believing, but that's not what this is talking about here. I believe, and I've used this illustration before, I believe that that chair behind me can hold my weight, can hold my body. But is it holding my body right now? No. Not until I go and place myself on it and trust it, then it is holding me. Faith is not just believing that God is and that Jesus Christ did die and rise again. But faith is putting your trust in what He did on Calvary to be your payment for sin. I've known many people that believe in God, but then it said, well, I've never heard that I needed to make a choice to receive Him as my Savior. But that's what salvation is, John 1.12. But as many as receive Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. 
So we are to believe, but we are to make a choice to receive Him. That's what it means there, to walk in faith, to believe God. And faith is not only believing in God, but it is also believing in or believing His Word. How do you believe the Bible, God's Word? All right? I hope it's every hand in here. Prove it. How do you prove that you believe? Just say so doesn't make it so. The little song we sing with our, our young people sometimes, I sing with adults sometimes too. Uh, Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Doing exactly what the Lord commands, doing it happily. Action is the key. Do it immediately. Joy you will receive. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Do you believe the Word of God? Are you obeying the Word of God? It doesn't make any difference to say that you believe it if you're not obeying it. Jesus asked the question, Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? It's so important. If you love me, keep my commandments. It's so important for us to show that we love the Lord that we believe His Word because we obey His Word. So, walking with God involves fellowship. It also involves faith. Uh, and notice there in the end of uh, in Hebrews 11, verse 5, where it says, and had this testimony that He did what? He pleased God. Now, I want to connect the two. Do you know that in the Old Testament it is written in the Hebrew language, in the New Testament it's in the Greek language, and when they came to the time of the first century or so, uh, just before they translated the, the uh, Old Testament into Greek called the Septuagint, and the Septuagint reads of Genesis chapter 5 there of uh, Enoch, and it says there it translates walking God with to please God. Same idea. And so here we have that connection. It is walking with God. It means pleasing God. Doing the things that pleases Him. Uh, we are to be making choices that we know is going to please the Lord. Uh, told you many times that the wilds, Ken Collier, a statement he made years ago, has been praying that only two choices on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self. And we have that decision we've got to make daily. Are we going to please ourselves or are we going to please God? You know, I hope that we can get ourselves in tune enough to God that it will include both. That's where the joy is. And so keep that in mind, walking by faith, pleasing the Lord, believing Him, having faith in Him. And then thirdly, walking includes walking in agreement with God. Amos chapter 3 and verse 3 asks the question, can two walk together except they be agreed? Can two walk together except they be agreed? Not very easily. Uh, you must agree on the destination, the place that you're going. You must agree on the path that you're taking to get there. You must agree on the pace of walk that you're going to go. For instance, um, if if we're going after church, uh, say 
you, you're going to go to Walmart, and I'm going to go to Office Max. I don't even know what's over today. The destination are separate directions. We're not going to walk together in agreement because we've got different destinations. Okay? We've got to say, Lord, where are we going? Where is God going with this and where am I supposed to be going with the Lord? The wrong mentality is, I want God with me. I want God on my side. God says, hey, I'm already on the side. If you want to be on my side, come over here. It's us that does the change, not God. You get the point. The destination is picked by God. If we want to be in agreement, we need to get the same destination as God. Secondly, we need to be going into the right path. Vicki and I used to, uh, about two and a half months ago, go out to eat sometimes for lunch. We've been missing that for a while. But um, sometimes we would go together, get in my car and go together. Uh, we would be in agreement to the destination. We'd be in agreement to the path. We're all driving, going in the same car, same and the same pace. Yeah. But um, sometimes she'd say, "Well, you, I'll meet you there at the restaurant. I've got to go to, let's say, Joanne Fabrics, and then I'm going to go to uh, to uh, Bed Bath and Beyond, and then I'll meet you at the restaurant at such and such time." And so that's good. So I need to go uh, to uh, Home Depot and or, or Lowe's or you know, get some gas, and, and then I'm going to meet you there. Uh, we've got the same destination, but we have a different path. Guess what happened while we were taking our different path? We weren't fellowshipping one with the other. Or, no way, because we weren't together. There must be the same path for there to be a fellowship, to be walking together. And there must be the same pace in our neighborhood. We have some folks that walk uh, from time to time. I see uh, a mother and a daughter, uh, an adult daughter, that walk together. I see a couple of older ladies that walk together. There's a, a couple of couples, a man and wife, that walk together. And when they're walking, they're going the same path. And, but to have fellowship, to be able to talk to each other, they have to keep the same pace. And so all of those things are important for us to be in agreement to have fellowship with one another. We need to be going to the same destination as what God has said, on the same direction that He sets, doing it His way, His methods, and we do it at the right timing in our face. To have fellowship with God, walking with Him in agreement there. Walking with God, believing God, making choices that please Him. Enoch's legacy was character, not just a cracker. He lived to please God. Now notice with me also back in Genesis chapter 5. In Genesis 5 we see Enoch's change. In, in verse 22 it says that uh, and Enoch walked with God what's the next word? After. Enoch walked with God after he begot Methuselah a hundred years and then went on and walked with God uh, for the rest of his life. It was after. What ignited in Enoch a change from passive, uh, being passive about God to being passionate for God? And I believe the answer is, as we see there, he became a father. It was a life changer for him. There have been many of us dads that have had that experience. 
things going along as we were married and, and things in our life, all of a sudden we have a little one and we look down at that little one and he's looking up at us and the things start crossing our mind. What is he going to be like? How am I going to train him? How am I going to teach him? What do I teach him? Where is the instruction book that came with this thing? <laughs> and for some of us dads that are quite serious, it became a wake-up call to say, hey, I need to get on the ball. I need to be the person that I need to be for this child to follow. That's why I think that point spoke to my heart to them. They watch. Maybe he didn't realize the same thing that he wanted to be able to learn how to define a father and be the father that he needed to be to his child. Dad, the question is not will your child have a relationship with God? But the question is, what kind of a relationship will your child have with God? The question is not will your child develop spiritually, but how will your, will your child develop spiritually? I read about a 13-year-old boy who saved his brother's life by driving him to the hospital in his father's car. He had never driven before. They asked him the question, how did you know how to do it? just did what I saw my father do it. Woo! Can you appreciate this? Why did you refuse to argue with that neighbor when he said some unkind things? I just did what I saw my father do. Why did you get mad and throw your wrench at the lawnmower? I just did what I saw my father do. Why did you give back that check, uh, that clerk, uh, money when he gave you too much change? I just did what I saw my father do. Why did you serve in your church so faithfully? I just did what I saw my father do. Perhaps holding this newborn son, he didn't realize that someone was going to be watching. And he wanted to leave a legacy more significant than crackers. He wanted to leave a legacy of character. And then look at verse 24. Enoch's challenge. Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. And uh, Hebrews 11, 5, it emphasized over and over by faith Enoch was translated. That is, moved from this address to that address, <laughs> that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. And before his translation, he had a testimony that he pleased God. With Enoch, that translation, God taking him, was merely a change of location, not a change of company. He was already with God walking with God. And God just took him. Same company. Dr. G. Campbell Morgan said this. He said, Enoch was a man who used to go on long walks, walks with God. How did it end? 
One day they walked on and on, and when they had gone so far, God turned and said to him, Enoch, you're a long way from home. Why don't you come on home with me? God took That's a legacy. A man who walked with God became a man who walked away with God. What kind of a legacy will you leave behind? I want you to bow your heads. Bars coming to the piano to play softly. When I ask you to consider some things, I believe that every dad, every Christian dad genuinely wants his children to put their confidence in God. Not only to believe in Him, but to trust Him as their Savior and to believe His Word and to obey it. I believe that every dad wants his children to be submissive and responsive to God. Not stubborn, not rebellious, but they would listen and respond. I believe every dad would want uh, his children to walk with God and to be faithful to Him and to commune with God and His Word and to agree with His plan and His path and His pace. So Dad, here's the question. Mom, as well, every one of us, here's the question. How do we help our children do these things? I believe the answer is this. By them seeing us, us dads doing it faithfully before them. That's where it's got to be. They'll never learn it by saying, do what I say, not what I do. It has to come as an example of following. Dads, I want to encourage you to walk with the Lord. That verb that says to walk with the Lord means to conduct oneself in the normal events of life. It does not mean to get dressed up on Sunday and come to church and do it. But it's our life. The only way that your example will be a good legacy is if you live it day by day. That's when they see Anybody can dress up and come to church and act spiritually God. But what are we like on Monday through Saturday? Dads, keep walking with the Lord and pleasing Him. Dad, you're here today and you say, Pastor, I have not been walking with the Lord the way I should. Then why not take Father's Day today and say, God spoke to my heart and I want to be a dad. It may not be perfect, but I want to be pursuing what God has for me as an example to my family. Dad, should you make that your choice today? If there's anyone here that would say, Pastor, I did not understand totally about making a choice to receive Jesus Christ, but I want to make sure that I'm saved in the moment when this service is over. If you would like to speak to me about that choice, I'll be happy 
to explain to you how you can make that choice before you leave today. You can know for sure that you have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ and that you have a home in heaven with Him and that God will begin to help you to walk with Him the way you should. Father, I pray that you would help us to leave a legacy to our children, to those that watch us, of a godly character. A testimony that we have a passion about the things that you have a passion for. And that you would lead us and guide us step by step. Lord, none of us are perfect. But Father, help us to be actively pursuing. That we may be found faithful, both in your eyes, as well as those that watch. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As I mentioned a while ago, the, uh, if you need to speak to me, please do not put that off. I'll be making myself available right afterwards. A couple of announcements I need to share. One, uh, Beth was saying that the food bank uh, at Swift Creek Elementary is going to be open tomorrow. That's at Genito Road, uh, Swift Creek Elementary from 3.30 to whatever time. Uh, last week, they were giving away food. They didn't ask any questions other than how many kids do you have in your family. Uh, and they they had more food than what they had people there to get. I don't know what the experience will be tomorrow. But uh, if you need to take advantage of that and you do so, uh, see Beth. Uh, Beth, raise your hand back there, and she'll let you know about that one. Also, she's asked if you could please save any empty medicine bottles, uh, uh, remove the labels, get those to her. She uses it for a project. And um, uh, I want to meet all of our youth ministry directors next Sunday. If you can meet with me, uh, I would probably just go into the kitchen there for a brief meeting. I've got uh, a couple questions to ask you, and that will take care of that time. Um, if you cannot meet next Sunday, if people are going to be gone, if you cannot meet directors I'm talking about, let me know about that uh, today if you could. And then also deacons next Sunday, right after that meeting, I need to meet with you briefly. Uh, so that's both for next Sunday. Next Sunday, it is our 48th anniversary of our church. Um, we normally have homecoming day. I had Ben Farrell, that's been here before, uh, scheduled to be here with us. We've had a chance for all of that. And, uh, but uh, we're looking forward to be back in here at 11 o'clock. Uh, for that service next Sunday. Uh, Lord willing, I should be here. And if not, uh, either Steve and Freedom or Rob will preach for me. We need about three volunteers uh, to hold baskets for the, for the fathers. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Who's got it? All right, go for it. The smallest one goes to the back door, the biggest one goes to the front door. The other one goes to your crevices. Alright, other announcements. Um, last week we voted officially that we are not going to have vacation Bible school this summer. We normally do it about the second, third week in July. Um, with all that's going on with other churches we've contacted and, and been advised. Uh, the only one thing that we really could do possibly would be the, uh, uh, what's it called? Virtual, thank you. The virtual VBS, we looked into that and what it would 
would be in uh, what we decided we'd like to do. Our purpose for BDS is to reach out into the community primarily. Uh, is to get uh, the kids around us and try to invite them in. So what we're going to do on the 15th, of, I believe it's the 15th of August, is a Saturday. We like to have a one-day blitz and have it here on our property where we invite people in the community, bring their kids, we'll have games, we'll have uh, uh, some refreshments, and then uh, a gospel presentation uh, for that and invite them uh, to be a part of our youth ministry starting in the uh, fall. We're willing things to be back. Uh, more to uh, normality at that point for sure. But uh, keep that in mind as a, a matter of prayer. Don't forget to vote Tuesday for the primary. Um, check into that. And um, I think that's all I need to run my mouth about. So let's get out of here. Thank you again for being here. I hope that you have a wonderful Lord's Day. Father, thank you for all that you've given us. For our dads being here today and all of our guests that have come as well. May you be glorified throughout the day, and Lord, help us to be able to celebrate with our dads as you give us opportunity, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed.